Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. This episode should drop on Mother's Day. I'm very fortunate in my life to have a pretty exceptional mom who sacrificed a lot of things for me and my two brothers and also got to experience a wonderful grandmother. My mom's mom, I have mentioned this at different times before, had 14 of her own kids and at different times brought in 10 foster kids to live with them as well. And that led to our big, sprawling, extended family that was always close as I grew up, still remains close. And I've just been very lucky to have wonderful mothers in my life. I know how important that is. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I hope you have a wonderful day. Now our good news segment. We're continuing to highlight organizations that are related to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This organization is no different. We're highlighting Guardian Gym. Guardian Gym is a gym that was founded in 2015 in Oakland. Their goal is to make Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu accessible to youth, to help build self-confidence, to teach self-defense, and to provide a positive peer group and mentors. That's such an important thing for all youth, especially young people who maybe don't have a positive group around them, who maybe don't have a ton of support at home. I think things like jiu-jitsu, martial arts, team sports, those can provide that kind of support. So I I'm appreciative of any organization that uses athletics, uses training to support young people. The original Guardian Gym that was in Oakland has since relocated to South Berkeley in the same area. And there is a branch that was opened in Baltimore. You can check them out at guardiangym.org. And they're funded through donations. So you can go on there, donate, support their mission. That is Guardian Gym. This is Family Time 107, and we're talking about the greater good. This falls under the responsible decision-making social-emotional learning competency, and we're really winding down with our family time for this year. This is sort of our, our last regular family time discussion that we'll have this school year. And the last one I do every year is sort of just a, a final lesson. It's just sort of thoughts on my mind specifically for my seniors. I'm very lucky that in the small school district in which I teach, I start getting my students in sixth grade. I'm the only visual arts teacher, so I teach sixth through 12 visual arts, and I work with middle school and high school athletes, so I really get about seven years with a lot of my students if they're in our program all the way through. So the last family time is always just a little bit of me reminding them of some things that I want them to know before they head out into the world. So this is kind of our our last discussion, and I wanted to end with just the idea of the greater 
good. And I really just have several questions we're going to discuss in class this week. One being, what is the greater good? And it could be defined a lot of different ways. For me, it's just the idea of doing something, being committed to something that is bigger than ourselves. And trying to do right by others, trying to elevate others, even when that's a difficult thing to do, maybe even when it's not what would be the most, I say the most beneficial for us, but I think when we help other people, when we elevate other people, when we inspire other people, we get a lot out of that. I think that is ultimately what is best for us, is to be built for others. But sometimes in the moment, it might not seem like that. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about. I, I want to discuss the potential drawbacks of placing blame on other people or situations. It's an easy thing for us to do, to look at the things outside of our control and place blame there. Because then we don't have to take responsibility for it. And there are going to be situations in life where someone does something to us that's not really fair or the situation doesn't really provide us with a lot of opportunities. I see that all the time with my students. I have a lot of students who have difficult situations at home, who have had a tough break, who haven't been dealt a real great hand. It's okay to recognize that and acknowledge that but too often we fall into the trap of letting that become an excuse where we think that we're not able to overcome it. That's tragic to me when I see my students who have had a difficult situation and they don't believe they're able to overcome that. That gets to the issue of us having to Try to build some self-efficacy, that they know they're capable of more, that they can learn and adapt and they can overcome challenges. And the risk of us placing the blame on other people or other situations is we don't have control over those things. It's important for us to recognize the things we can control and the things we're not able to control. And to be able to let go of some of those things we really don't have control over. On the flip side of that, I want us to discuss the potential benefits of taking responsibility for our actions. That's what we can really control. We can control ourselves. We're not able to control other people. We're not able to control the situation. We can, at times, influence both, and that's something we talk about frequently, but we don't have total control over those things. We have to control what we can control. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. A little saying that I like, it's not mine. I, I picked it up from a video years ago, but it was 100-0. 100% responsibility, zero excuses. That's a tough thing, especially when we do have situations in our lives, people in our lives that 
that can make things difficult. But we don't gain a lot by by letting that become an excuse, by letting that be something that holds us back. We have to take responsibility for our actions. And I think there's great power in taking responsibility for things that we maybe aren't even responsible for. Saying, okay, if this difficult situation, I'm going to take total responsibility for my part in all of it. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions, and then I'm going to move forward. I'm going to control those things. And that's how we are able to impact the greater good. The greater good requires sacrifice, and that's something we're going to discuss as well. First of all, is sacrifice necessary for success? I think it is. I think success is probably most impacted by sacrifice. That's how we find success. We decide what we really want in life. And then the next question we should be asking is, what do we have to give up to get that thing? Is it time? Is it money? Is it certain relationships? Is it other things we enjoy doing? We have to make sacrifices. There's only so much time. We only have so much energy. There's only so many directions we can be pulled. What do we really want? What are we willing to give up to get those things? That's essential to success as far as I'm concerned. And then I want us thinking about what are sacrifices that have to be made for the greater good? Because sometimes... As I mentioned before, we have to sacrifice a little of our own attention or a little of our own individual success sometimes for the greater good. A simple example that we see the high school level and younger is if we look at athletics. If you're on a basketball team, there are times where it does not serve the team for you to try to score every time you have the ball. Selfishly, we might want to score every time and build up our stats, but that could hurt the team. It may be better for the greater good, for the entire team, for the program to pass the ball, to be a role player, to set the screen, to do those sorts of things that help everyone succeed. And though in the moment it may seem like we're sacrificing what's best for ourselves, or it may seem like we're sacrificing the rewards that we want. We may be limiting our own statistics. I think we really get something back from that because the high tide raises all ships. When when the team is good, the program is good, we have increased opportunities for success. And we we get a lot of really important things out of that experience. It feeds back into us. And when my students leave my classroom, especially the seniors who graduate, I want them to be I want that to be something they consider. When they're going into the workforce or going into their post-secondary education and thinking about what they want to do with their lives. If we can be people who are built for others, who contribute to the greater good, who are doing something 
who are learning and growing and working in a field that empowers others, I think we find a great deal of success. We find a great deal of satisfaction in our lives. And when we lose sight of the greater good, and the greater good, we don't need to think on a on an entire global level. We certainly can, but we can do it in small ways, in our communities, in our schools, in our families. That's the most important place to start with the greater good is in our own families. We're parents. We have to sacrifice for our children. We have to sacrifice for our relationships. Spend a little time thinking about the greater good this week, how we can contribute to it, and what it, what it means to all of us. My blog post this week is The Process. One of my sixth grade students recently asked me if I had a piece of art, my own art, of which I was most proud. And I didn't have a real great answer. I highlighted a couple pieces that I enjoyed making. And I have a few pieces of artwork around my classroom. I try to show my current students work from former students that I thought sets a good example for whatever technique we're learning or whatever media we're using. And I keep a few of my own pieces around just to demonstrate a few things. But I explained to this student, for me, it's really all about the process, that I don't have much of an attachment to my artwork when I'm finished with it. I've kind of always been that way. When I was in high school, I would usually finish an art project and just leave it in the art room or throw it away. And when I was a senior and I started getting some scholarship opportunities through art, I didn't have a lot to show these art professors. Luckily, my art teacher had my back, kept some of my pieces so I could kind of cobble together a portfolio to bring and present and earn some scholarship money. But I just always kind of figured I like the process, and for me, when it's done, it's done. The creative process is very important to me. It's how I think through things. It's how I work through my thoughts and feelings. But once a project is finished, I kind of just like to let it be, to put it out into the world. And I don't think about it much after that. For me, the creative process is about finding these notions and trying to breathe some life into them, to bring them into the world. And once I've done that, my journey with them is over. And if someone else connects with them later, I'm grateful. That's how art continues to grow and evolve as people connect with it. But then that relationship becomes something different, something separate. And I try to apply that focus on the process to everything in my life. Thinking back to high school again, our football coach 
would award helmet stickers for individual and team achievements. Think the Buckeye stickers that adorn the Ohio State University helmets. And while most players would get their stickers, they would carefully place them on their helmet, I made a point to just throw my stickers in my hand and haphazardly slap them on my helmet. Literally just slap my helmet wherever the sticker would wind up. That was fine. They'd be upside down. They'd be overlapping each other. I think that was a bit of frustration for our coach because thereafter the random placement of the stickers was banned. And since the athletes have had a a pattern they're supposed to follow for putting their stickers on there. And I certainly meant no disrespect. I was appreciative of the recognition. But for me, it was about the actions, about the things that had to be done to receive the sticker. And once I received an award sticker, that was all great, but I didn't want my vanity to be the driving force. I didn't want that to be the goal, to earn stickers. I wanted the goal to be whatever I had to do to help the team. And at the end of my senior season, I had the most helmet stickers that year. A lot of guys would take their stickers off their helmet at the end of the season and keep them. I I didn't do that either. I, I turned in my equipment with my helmet still covered in stickers. Might have been a point of frustration for my coach again and maybe for our managers who had to deal with the equipment. But again, I thought the stickers aren't doing me any good at this point. I was... Again, appreciative of the recognition. I was proud of what I contributed to the program. But I was closing one chapter in my life and I had to be ready to start another. And I didn't think keeping a bunch of stickers in a drawer gathering dust was going to do me any good. I thought maybe the next fall, some freshman might come in and find my helmet still covered in stickers and be inspired. That player might want to go out and earn more stickers than me or to try to have an impact on the team in in the same way or, or to just be committed in the way that I I hoped I had been. That's the same with anything we create, anything we do in life for me is we do this activity, we do the process, we do the thing, and hopefully that can be something that inspires someone else, that helps someone else on his or her journey. But we have to focus on the journey because as one journey ends, another one begins. And that's how I still try to focus on things, whether I'm 
teaching, I'm coaching, I'm working with my own kids. I try to savor the moment I'm in. I try to focus on the process. And then I try to keep moving forward and not be too precious about the things created along the way. To to do them, to be fully engaged, and then to move forward. Stay focused on the process. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cupcakes. Cupcakes are a pretty extraordinary thing. I I don't eat cupcakes or refined sugar or things like that, but I used to. I used to I used to eat a lot of sweets. And cake is an interesting thing. Sometimes I just think about stuff like that. Like somebody had to come up with cake. Like at some point in history, some person or a group of people or maybe multiple individuals at the same time came to the realization that if you mix all of these things together and cook it just so, you will have this light, fluffy, delicious, sugary thing. And that's kind of amazing to me. And then someone later said, you know, it would be great if we could eat entire little cakes all at one time. Instead of making a big cake we have to cut up, what if we made them in these little dishes and they'd be mini cakes that we could just enjoy? And I think that's a pretty amazing evolution, pretty amazing invention. I don't know what you want to call it. Pretty, It's a pretty amazing little thing that we live in a world where cupcakes exist. Sometimes I just like to remind myself about little stuff like that. Like you can celebrate something and eat these mini little cakes. And remember that there's a lot of bad stuff in this world. There's a lot of difficult things. There are a lot of challenges. There are a lot of people who don't have the resources and support they should have. But we also live in a world that has cupcakes. And if we can bring a little bit more of that joy and happiness to others to bring the idea, the feeling of a cupcake to others, that's a good thing. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me. As always, you can reach out through Luke Nielsen Media at Gmail, Luke Nielsen Media on all the socials, follow along with this stuff that we're posting and the blog post things, and check out our good news organizations we've been highlighting as I post those on socials. We'll continue to post some Ernest from Earth things as we kind of have been sporadically every other week or so. And until next time, love everybody, tell the truth, have a great week, much love. (laughs) 